Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm a feminist, but uh, I recently met a woman who said, oh, I kind of feel I have to wear makeup to work, but I think I'm going to give it up in the next few years because I think makeup is a criticism of my face. And I spent 20 minutes defending makeup as a feminist act. But now I admit, before I leave the house, I always think, better go and criticize my face. Yeah, she's got a good point. Isn't she it? has got a good point. And yet I don't want to stop it. So what I did is I talked to her about the history of makeup. I did a full TED talk on the history of makeup, how originally it was men had more makeup than women. And then uh, everyone stopped using it. Only women took it up again. And the patriarchy don't know what they're missing because you can play, you can conceal, you can reveal. Honestly, I don't like my face without makeup. And it it's can full be justification. a celebration of your face. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. No, I do like my face without makeup, just not out. <laughs> I like it at home. I quite like my face without makeup at home. But when I go out, I just want a little bit of eyeliner, just a little touch of eyeliner, just feels that, you know, just really, just a little bit of blush. Just Some a people little... call it war paint, don't they? Mm. I think that's a good way of referring to it. Just a little layer of defence. Yeah, I think, yeah. You don't know what my face really looks like, and that's power. <laughs> You'll never recognise me. <laughs> oh, God. It's all right. I'm a feminist, but I don't believe in a woman's right to choose. If the choice is Matty Healy. Oh! Who is Matty Healy? You are. Okay, let me just look, look up Matty Healy. Somebody also really thought I was just saying I don't believe in the woman's right to choose there. I no, lost I you knew, immediately. I knew you were going somewhere. Okay, Matthew. Listen, if you didn't like that one, this is going to be a long three feminist blast. So I'm not going to Okay. Oh, is it English singer-songwriter? Make some noise if you know who Matty Healy is. <laughs> you coward. In the band The 1975. Yes, he's, he's terrible, he's racist, and he's Taylor Swift's new boyfriend. <laughs> he's who? Taylor Swift's boyfriend? Yes. Oh, so that's why I don't agree with the choice. Jo- that's a good oh, joke. it's a great joke. <laughs> that's a good joke. That's a good joke. So, yeah. That would have I killed see- her down the road. Do you know what? Do you know what? That was me. Me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> oh, fuck off. 
I need to stop telling your audience to fuck off. Don't tell me. Fuck on again, please. Fuck on. All right. Um, I'm a feminist. But it's hard to imagine that if I had a child, that I'd love that child as much as I love Succession. <laughs> Which is a show oh. really about the worst man in the world and also the, how chil- the children. children. How much he hates his children and how fucked up his children are because of how much they're hated. Mm. It's, uh, it's a show about that, but there's something about it, man. There's a lovely irony to playing your love of your child off to your love of that programme isn't there? Oh, yeah, there is, actually. Watch this programme and think about how much I love it more than you. <laughs> and think about yeah. how much lo- that man loves his, his life. empire more, more than, than yeah. his children. That's a much cleverer line than I realised it was. So many depths. It's really clever. Really, it's almost as clever as that Matt Haley one that was oh. so clever we didn't get it. I was starting to realise that I might have a very niche TikTok algorithm going on. <laughs> that I thought everybody was getting. No. I think the point of TikTok is we've all got a niche al- Nobody algorithm. Else on it's, Swift Talk. It's, it's okay. done to divide us. We're all now watching our own thing in our own in our own strand. So we've got nothing in common, and we'll soon all just work for Amazon in a warehouse. Um, I'm a feminist, but I always feel a profound disappointment when I see a woman participating in that sport where you chase a cheese down a hill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're on cheese talk then, are you? <laughs> what's, what, what is that spot called? Cheese rolling. Cheese rolling, and I cheese had rolling. it as cheese rolling, and then I said it to my girlfriend, and she went, they won't get that. Mm. And I thought, well, they'll get the Matahili thing, so it'll be one nil. <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand that. I'm a feminist, but despite their absolutely terrible politics and the fact they're siblings, I would have group sex with Roman and Shiv. No worries. <laughs> Roman and Chivroy. I had put thruple there, but um, I decided to change it to group sex at the last second. Group sex. Um, not everyone knows who Roman and Shiv are, obviously. Uh, siblings, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I said they're siblings. I said that despite their ghastly politics and the fact that they're siblings, I'd have a, a thruple with it worries them. worries me that the ghastly politics are before the siblings thing in that sentence. Oh, that's an interesting one. That's a really interesting one. Well, if, I, if there were a really liberal brother and sister who said, look, you're losing them. <laughs> you're losing the Soho Theatre tonight, Deborah. If we were still in King's Place, we'd be absolutely fine. I would, no, I would rather go to bed with a couple of Are very... Are you doubling pro- it down on Yeah, this? with a couple of progressive half-siblings than I would some... Wouldn't you rather two fascists who weren't related at all? Come on, guys. <laughs> if you had to. It's you such had a moral to. quandary, isn't it? It's our generation's train problem. <laughs> the trolley problem. Yeah, but, the trolley yeah. problem. But, uh, but honestly. Who do you have group sex with? The fascists or the blood relatives? <laughs> if I had to. Look, to be honest with you. Does everybody come? <laughs> We need details, Deborah. I just think... Because I think I could fuck the fascists if they didn't leave satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) What? You would just leave them hanging and then walk? Yeah, but you can't fuck the siblings and not leave them satisfied because they'll talk about it at Christmas. (laughs) Not your siblings. I'm not suggesting my siblings. I'm saying they're together at Christmas. I'm not there. It's behind my back. But that's 
that's only the same as like. that's only the same as going to bed with a, an existing couple. They're going to talk about you as soon as you leave, not just at Christmas. Yeah, but they'll be sit down. They go, "Mum, listen to this." <laughs> so their mum. Tell who tells their mum that they had a fox? Their sister, Deborah. <laughs> Well, that's inappropriate. <laughs> Christmas Day. Well, it's really like if there are no. No, I can't. No. I'll do my last one because they'll hate yeah, it as well. So. Yeah, come on. I'm a feminist, but I recently attended an event where there was a male stripper. And when he got his knob out, I did think, you know, for me, this is a woman's job. <laughs> I knew they'd hate it. <laughs> When he... I don't understand it. When he... When... You went... Don't make me say it again. You went to, like, a hen night or something and there was a male stripper. Yes. And when he got his knob out, you thought, this is a woman's job. For me. Oh. For me. Oh, I see. for me. Oh, I see. You were like, stripper, that's a woman's job. But then you... Stop cav- saying that. You were caveating that by saying, for me, I would rather see a woman naked. For me. <laughs> Crucially for me. Crucially for you. I thought that would take the sting out of it, but I don't is think she, it did. Is she remember mo- when Tebra said that thing about those siblings? Can I just say, <laughs> is, is, was, was the stripper your brother? Because that changes things for me. That changes things for me a lot. Not that I know. <laughs> I think we've done the worst round of Iron Feminist Butts in the history of the show. Yeah. So uh, This is my last appearance the on The Guilty Feminist. <laughs> Not it might all. be yours. <laughs> Very probably. Very probably. Very probably. <laughs> Live from Soho Theatre in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Neville Francis Wright, guest host Sarah King West, and our very special guests, Anna Bloom-Brosby and Emily Lloyd-Saney, talking about Here we are at So Theatre. Feminism is back, isn't it, after the pandemic? Not that it went away, but it went away outdoors. And so it's, it's nice to see us all back. Can we have the house lights up just a tiny, teeny bit? Not so much to scare anyone, but just so I can get a sense of the room. Just a tiny bit. Great. Super. Uh, so give us a cheer if you think you have a feminist job. Great. Give us a cheer if you think your job is unfeminist. Give us a cheer if you think it's medium, it's neither feminist nor unfeminist. Okay, so what's an example of a medium, not feminist, not unfeminist job? Who cheered? Because in my experience, my audience are made up of only three types of people. Uh, one, uh, people who work in literacy or with refugees. Uh, two, people who are in some kind of like NHS or some kind of actual service role. And three, people who are doing a PhD about Virginia Woolf. <laughs> so give us a cheer if you're doing a PhD about Virginia Woolf. Well, yes, there was one way. There's always one way. There's always one. That's obviously the smallest demographic. Uh, smallest demographic. Uh, who, who wooed for that? Are you doing a PhD? Or are you just being helpful? You are doing a PhD. What's your PhD in? Not Virginia Woolf. But that's the kind of thing a PhD is in, isn't it? It's sort of like... In this dissertation, I will set out to explore the nature of not being Virginia Woolf in an early 20th century literary context, 
setting aside the implications of being Virginia Woolf, etc., etc. Is it something like that? What's your PhD in? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Do you know what I do, I have found, and this is just by the by, all Germans are doing a PhD. I've never met a German who's not doing a PhD, unless they've already done one. Any Germans in, give us a cheer? No. Do you know what? They're all too busy working on their dissertation. Now, uh, who, oh, you are German? Yay! Excellent. Do you, have you, have you at any time in the past, or are you now involved in a PhD? No, you're the first. I like the stamina, I think. Uh, you lack the stamina. That's, That's a very German way of putting it. Like, no Brit would ever say, I lack the stamina to do a PhD. We just say we can't be asked. But you see, it's a much more academic way of saying it, isn't it? Am I wrong, though? It, I feel like a lot of Germans do PhDs. You've lived there and you've lived here. Can you comment? More PhDs here and more PhDs there. Oh, well, you had to leave because you stopped studying, I see. They asked you to leave. They were like, I'm afraid you've finished three weeks before your master's dissertation was due. We will have to ask you to go to Britain now. Uh, that's, uh, that's where people like you go. You'll find yourself in good company. Most people in this room have got... Uh, we, we just stop at BA here usually, don't we? It's very, very rare for anyone to have a... I mean, it's not unheard of for someone to have a master's but it's very rare to have a PhD but in Germany I have found it is the norm just give us a cheer if you've got a BA if you've got a master's oh fewer of them but prouder did you see that much prouder and louder anyone got a PhD oh loads of doctors in the house what's your PhD in oh fucking hell astrophysics what we should be interviewing you tonight you're a, you're, a, you're a feminist astrophysician. Is that what it's called? It's not. Is it? It's, it's not that, is it? What is it? What do you call it? Astro, astrophysicist. Oh my God, of course it's an astrophysicist. Didn't it? Big, you're like Big Bang Theory, but only more feminist. You couldn't be less feminist than Big Bang Theory, could you, really? That would be a low, that's a really high bar to clear, being, being less, low bar to clear, being less feminist. So, wow, uh, do you hang out with other astrophysicists? Generally, but not tonight. You've just brought this man. <laughs> oh, he is an astrophysicist. Well, how insulting of you. Generally, but not tonight. That is something Sheldon would say when with a lesser, a lesser scientist. That's, is, that, is that it? You are lesser. Are you, are you a less impressive astrophysicist than she is? Are you? Is that true? Do you agree with him? No, I don't. You don't? But is that just because you're a woman and you just... <laughs> He did... Oh, God, I need to get you a mic. Sorry. This is too good. Thank you. Okay, so what's your name? Olivia. And, yes, perfect. Andrew? Andrew. Andrew. So if you're listening at home... <laughs> I feel Andrew's patronising me, but, but at the same time, I'm thinking, fair enough. Like, it, it does seem like, so far... Like, I don't like that when men do it and they're less clever than you or equally clever to you. But, I mean, in Andrew's case, I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right, Andrew. Um, so, if you're listening at home and you didn't catch that first bit without a mic, Olivia is an astrophysicist. Andrew's an astrophysicist. Olivia is a better astrophysicist in Andrew's view, but Olivia is now explaining what? That he, you, he's done it longer, so but you've done it better. <laughs> 
Is that <laughs> Andrew was Andrew's saying yes. Yeah, so he did more research, but I went into like getting minoritized groups into physics, which I feel oh. like is a better cause than maybe just studying physics. Oh, okay. So you've, you're an intersectional astrophysicist. <laughs> a, ra- a rare thing. So what, what in, a, in a nutshell, Andrew, what do you look at in astrophysics? Black holes. Black holes, thank you. That's a, that's a nutshell. Okay, but that's a large, it's a large nutshell, isn't it, though, Andrew? Because I think they go on forever. That's the point of them, isn't it? They, they go on for infinity. Well, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's, sure. a, that's a tough... You've picked a tough subject. It's a tough, I mean, it's a tough one. Yeah, you should have picked something easier. Um, it's, and, not, it's too much. Olivia? From what a male you, perspective, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Olivia, what do you do? Um... So I had a, a massive gassy ring named after me that was like bigger than the Now, there are, the, the guilty from audience is normally quite a sophisticated one. And so what you'll notice is only these people here <laughs> fell apart laughing in a, what I am going to consider quite a childish way when they heard massive gassy ring. <laughs> Have you been to the show before? No, I can tell. Now, um, but what it, people are enjoying how much they enjoyed it. Well, that's nice. Um, okay, so you had a massive gassy ring named after you. Yeah. No. Uh, and why? Because um, I was looking at, I was looking for like a specific type of like new galaxy that we don't think many exist of. And what I actually found was a big cloud of gas that was in the shape of a ring. And therefore it was funny because it was a big gassy ring. Oh, you knew what was funny when you said yeah, it. Yeah, it's all right. It was good to laugh. She was making a joke. She was making a joke. Thank you for laughing, because everyone else was like, don't, don't laugh at that. What's wrong with the rest of you? We're hearing about the work of an incredibly important feminist scientist. Women in STEM are few and far between, and we will not to laugh. We will sit, they, they, These people have bitten their tongues right off trying not to laugh at that. And you have just fallen about going, we don't even know what this show is, but so far it's great. Will there be more of that kind of innuendo? You hope so. You hope so. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this is delightful to hear, and we must get you on sometime to talk about uh, women in astrophysics. Yeah, fantastic. Big round of applause for Olivia and Andrew. So I was going to ask if someone thinks they've got the most feminist job, but that's quite hard to beat, isn't it? Astrophysicist, but also she works on getting... uh, Is it women and people... Women and minoritized groups, marginalized groups, into physics, into astrophysics. So that's hard to beat. Can anyone beat that? Any advances? Woo! Yes. What you got? Uh, CEO of UN Women UK. Woo! CEO of UN Women UK. Yeah, baby. My audience is generally. I mean, I do often think if we just locked the doors for forty-eight hours, we could solve about a good quarter of the world's problems uh, in any given guilty feminist audience. Anyone think that they've got the least feminist job in the room? Least feminist. Anyone got a least feminist? A low, a low feminist doesn't have to be least. Anyone got an unfeminist job? Yes. Yes. Go on. I'll give you the mic because you're close enough. This is an unfeminist job. What's your name? Anne Marie. Anne Marie. I'm a lawyer. You're a lawyer, yes. And I work in film and TV. You work in film and TV, so you're an entertainment lawyer. For Amazon. For Amazon! (laughs) I love my job. What was that? I love my job. You love it! She's a film and television entertainment lawyer 
on behalf of Amazon. So if I were writing a script for Amazon, would you, and I said, oh, hold on here, I'm not being treated well or I'm not being paid enough money, would you be on the other side? Yes. You would work for Darth, <laughs> you would work for the Darth Vader side if I said... It's a lot no, of fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> wow, wow. What do you do to carbon offset your job in feminist terms? What's the carbon offsetting? Do you do feminist stuff to kind of go, oh, I've got to make myself feel better about this? Um, that's going to sound random, but I'm also a psychologist on the side. You're a psychologist? So yeah, do you... major what? in sexual assault, domestic violence. Oh, you majored in sexual assault, domestic violence, and you're a psychologist. Do you use that in any way, shape, or form? Uh, I think I'll get qualified in the UK next month. Oh, and so what will you do then? I volunteer at hospitals for women who've been assaulted. That's the least feminist person in the room, my friends. She's, uh, she, she's working for the... She's, she, I shouldn't say the devil. I'd like to make an Amazon show, so... They do uh, really uh, good programs. Yeah, she's working, she's working... She's not working for the little guy in the day. Let's say that. Let's say that. Um, I think... I've, do you know what? I feel like I'm in some kind of conversational black hole here, Andrew. Could you help me out? She's not working for the little guy in the day, but to mitigate that, she's gone and trained as a psychologist so she can work in hospitals helping people who've been the victim of assault. So, I mean, has... Uh, <laughs> every one of my audience is always better than me, and that really... No, they are. They are. It's very, very difficult. This table makes me feel better. Um... <laughs> Let us hear the laugh at the laugh at the rude jokes. Um, what do? How did you hear about this show? If you've never been before, do you listen to the show? We were booked to come on it, in, and then it all got closed down because of the. Oh, you were booked to come on here, to no. the show. You booked to come to another venue. You wanted to come and see it. Yeah. Have you? Do you listen to the show at home? Yeah. Are you listen to it at home? You're booked to come somewhere else, and then we sadly disappointed you because of the pandemic. There was nothing anyone could do. Um, well. We could have just gone through with it illegally, but I think that would have caused a Ferrari. And so then you've come out tonight to see. I wouldn't see. have had a chance to laugh at a black hole joke if I'd come last time. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have had the chance to, da- to laugh at a black hole joke if you hadn't come last That's a good point. Yes, that's a good point. I believe it was a large gassy hole. Yeah, absolutely. Ring, ring. It was a ring. I'll take the microphone back. Thank you so much. What's your name? Amory, Amory, bigger applause for Amory, everybody. All right. All right, this is a podcast we're recording, so you'll hear your laugh later should you do one. Um, well done, Andrew. Ever the high achiever. Um, are we ready to meet my fabulous co pilot for this evening? They're one of my favourites. Put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises for the wonderful Sarah Keyworth. <laughs> Hello, darling. Hello. Come Hello. take a seat. Which one? That one? Yeah. Any will do. Hello. <laughs> Yes, isn't your job, your job, your whole job is to speak into a microphone. You're acting like you've never spoken into a microphone in your life. Hello. <laughs> um, this is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which... Undermine them. 
I'm Deborah Francis White. With me is Sarah Keyworth, and we are talking about boundaries. Do you? Are you good at setting boundaries, Sarah? No. I'm terrible. No, I don't know. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that. I'm in the process of becoming good at it. Oh, are you? I learned this recently. I went to a womb healing circle in California. Same. They don't know whether to laugh at that or not. They're like, they want to laugh, but it's a bit like big gassy ring. They're not sure if they should because they're like, are we feminists if we laugh at that? I went with a friend to a womb healing circle and every time someone said, oh, I'm really struggling with this or I'm not good at this, the lady who ran it would say... Could we reframe that as you're in the process of learning how to be good at setting boundaries? Oh, fuck me. I know, it's quite Californian, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's very prob- Californian. Do, do, you feel, do you feel as though your womb's been healed? Or is it once you break the circle, it all goes back to how it was? <sighs> I'll be honest, we didn't stay the full session. We... <laughs> We left, at, we left at half time, so I think we, we opened half it. time. Yeah, we opened a football match. We only so opened it up. a whistle halfway through the womb. No, my, we only op- I we only my friend wasn't feeling well, and I didn't want to stay without her because she said to go, and I just wanted to support her, go home with her. But I, I'll be honest with you, I. I would never go to a womb healing on my own. And I only opened my womb up, and then I, it never got healed. It's still we open now, yeah. I genuinely don't know. So we said all the sad things, and everyone was crying. And then I didn't cry, and I felt bad for not crying. Because I was like, oh, everyone else is crying about their womb, and I'm just like, yeah, couldn't have babies. In retrospect, I'm quite pleased. Because uh, I'm having a really fun time. And I, at the point at which I wanted babies, and I did want them, but I did, I thought I wanted one. I was not sure, but I thought I didn't want to miss out on having one more than I wanted one. And, and then, then I missed, it just didn't go right, and then I sort of, I just went off it. And now I look back and think, you get to a point in life where you're quite, you could be quite broody. If you miss that window, not for everyone, hashtag not for everyone, but if you miss that window, you can get to the other side of that and go, oh my God, I got out of it. Because I think your biological clock sometimes will tell you to have a baby and lie to you until it's going to be good. So what you're saying is you need to set boundaries with your own biological clock. Exactly. Exactly. Fortunately, my barren eggs did that for me. People are, people are not sure whether to laugh at barren eggs. But they're mine, so you can. Um, now... I am in the process of developing strong boundaries because traditionally I have had no boundaries. Like, few to no. I haven't had two boundaries to rub together, I'll be honest. (laughs) Have you... Presumably your boundaries were rubbing together because you had very thin boundaries. Yeah, that's true. Even the boundaries didn't have boundaries. Hunting against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to open them up. Okay, let me ask you this. What do you have good boundaries about? Because I reckon we've all got good boundaries about something. For me, it's scatological humour. Although I just showed that wasn't true because there was a whole large gassy ring situation over here. I don't know what that means, so I can't have that. I know what a gassy ring is, don't get me wrong. But... No, like, if someone talks about the loo, I'm like, no, stop. Do you oh, see what I mean? No, like I that. don't have boundaries about that at all. But if somebody says, can I borrow your car and smash it into a wall and never return it and then still be your friend, I'll be like, yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> Yes, you can. Then you should probably get some boundaries. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I've already told you. I'm in the process of developing strong boundaries. I just think the car boundary should be here now. <laughs> if you t- 
turned up to my flat tonight and said, I really need somewhere to stay, of course I would have you stay. But yeah, if you were still there and smash you into a <laughs> But if you were still there in six months, I would find it really hard to say, have you got anywhere else to be? I really would. Well, that's good to, good to note. <laughs> See you tonight, Deborah. Um, yeah. I, am, I, I mean, I used to be really, really bad. Uh, but now I'm better. Uh, little and I'm getting better. No, I'm, 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 I'm positive self-talk. I'm getting, I'm getting so much better. I don't think I've got many boundaries, but I'm not very good at texting back, so they just sort of happen. Oh, is this accidental lazy boundaries? Yeah, he texts me saying, "Can I stay at yours tonight?" And then three le- weeks later, I'll go, "Oh yeah, no problem." <laughs> they'll they'll be go on. Um, they'll be dead. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't heard from them. <laughs> There's always a moment of... where I can see Deborah regretting booking me for this. No. <laughs> never, it's never, cooling. never, never. It's more than I'm, I'm thinking, what would it be like to be you? Now. <laughs> Exhausting. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah. We've got some live shows coming up and we would love you to be there. Tonight, Monday the 5th of June, Alison Spittle and I will be talking to science journalist Priya Joy and NHS nurse and professor of medical humanities Chrissy Watson. That's at King's Place at 7pm in London. And we have more shows at King's Place on the 22nd of June and the 24th of July and Soho Theatre on the 11th and 12th of August. And on Sunday the 9th of July, we'll be at the Turner Gallery in Margate, recording an episode from 12.45pm. For tickets, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on Live Shows. A play that I wrote, Never Have I Ever, is at Chichester Festival Theatre on the 1st to the 30th of September and tickets are on sale now and going fast. Go to cft.org.uk and look for Never Have I Ever. It stars our very own Susan McComer and also Alexandra Roach, Amit Shah and Greg Wise. And on the 21st of August, there will be a special episode of the podcast from Chichester where I'll be talking about the show. Join our Patreon to get ad-free episodes and to support the show. And if you could subscribe or follow on wherever you get your podcasts, that'll really help other people find the show. 
Don't forget to tell someone else you know who might enjoy listening. You could even WhatsApp them or tell them with your face. And now back to the podcast. Boundaries. Boundaries are things like not letting someone take the piss over and over like I have historically done. But also they're things like, are you a robot? Identify all the traffic lights, otherwise you definitely are. (laughs) Who are you calling robot, robot? (laughs) Why do you decide who gets in and who stays out of this part of a website? Seems like the wrong people set the boundaries in life most of the time. Like you can only protest quietly in Britain now. But is a quiet protest a protest or just a cue, which is in itself a boundary to getting what I want, like a vodka soda or on a flight or a Mars bar? Boundaries are all the things stopping us doing stuff we want to do. But that's why I find them hard in friendships. Your friends are stopped from doing so much of what they want because life is like that. And in my specific case, a conservative government is very like that. So surely, as their friend, I should support the swift facilitation of what everyone needs, whether it be time, shoulders to cry on, cash or Mars bars or vodka sodas. The trouble is, people sometimes mistake kindness for weakness and openness for an opportunity for disrespect. And then they get to have all the boundaries and I get no boundaries at all. That friend is the one asking me to prove I'm not a robot. And I'm running around identifying traffic lights for them constantly. And I never get to ask them if they're not a robot. And that situation, I have discovered, can't last. Because if you're soft and open and you don't have a lot of boundaries, you're definitely not a robot. That's the problem. Robots don't cry. Surely that should be evidence enough that I'm not a robot, that I cry easily. I think I need to get some traffic lights and use them. Thank you. Welcome to the incredible you. Sarah Keyworth! Oh. Oh. Hello. How are you all doing? Wary. <laughs> oh, it's very nice to be here. What can I tell you? Uh, I've recently, I recently come out as uh, non-binary. Uh, thank you. And to explain that in more practical terms, I believe it means if I were on the Titanic... Uh, I'd be allowed on a lifeboat, but I think I'd be expected to row. <laughs> uh, I'm non-binary. I can't. I can't be trans. That's the thing. I just don't think I can be trans. That's the big thing. So I'm non-binary. I just don't think I can be trans. I can't be trans because if I'm trans, I'm a I'm a straight white male comedian. Uh, and not only that, I'm a straight white male comedian that won't stop talking about trans people. <laughs> and I don't even have the benefit of people looking at me going, oh, well, he's a bit shit now, but at least he wrote The Office. Um, <laughs> thank you. That one's about Matty Healy. Uh, I went, what can else can I tell you? I went to my friends. I went to my friends then do. That's what we're calling it, a them do. Because it's like, it was my friends non-binary as well. Uh, they were getting married. Uh, so it's like a non-binary Hindu. We were calling it a them do. I said this to one of my uh, cisgendered female friends. She was like, oh, that doesn't even make any sense. It's really weird. And I was like, it makes more sense than your weird chicken party. So... <laughs> Weird part about the weekend, 80% of this them do, I think, look like me, I'd say, about 80%. (laughs) 
and we uh, and it was all quite sort of standard stuff, just uh, some drinking and some games and things like that. But then my friend randomly declared just before this them do that they wanted a male stripper there. That's what they said, and I was like, we can't do that. We can't do that because we're going to a caravan park in Devon. <laughs> If we invite a male stripper to a caravan park in Devon and I open, he knocks on the door and I open it and he says, me and seven of me, <laughs> he's going to think, it's finally happened, they're going to steal my penis. <laughs> we watched it like Dad's watching golf. Just... <laughs> just occasionally somebody being like, yeah, that's the kind of aesthetic I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. I've made a decision recently. I'm, I'm going to have top surgery. And, uh, it's very exciting. I'm having it in September. I'm having it on my brother's birthday. Not deliberate, but it does mean I can say the words, ah, the day both of your sons were born. Um, it's very uh, I, uh, I'm having top surgery. If you don't know what that is... Sorry, Andrew, I looked at you then. But uh, I'm having my, uh, my breasts removed. Uh, mostly, I think, sort of 80% gender-affirming, 20% so I could take the top off in a Sainsbury's. That's the dream, isn't it? Not really. My dream is pants off in a Joe Malone. Um, <laughs> happy birthday. Uh, you have to go through a few steps in order to have gender-affirming surgery. Yeah, I had to have uh, two different psychiatric assessments and be diagnosed twice with gender dysphoria. Uh, the word diagnose is usually a, a sort of, a, a, a sort of uh, saved for like illnesses, isn't it? Like a, illnesses are sort of bad things. You never get diagnosed with a good thing. Like an example of that is if you heard somebody go, uh, if you heard a woman go, oh, I'm completely obsessed with my boyfriend, you'd be like, oh, well, that's nice. She really loves her boyfriend. But if you heard a woman say, I'm diagnosed obsessed with my boyfriend, <laughs> you'd be like, ah, oh, her boyfriend has a restraining order. <laughs> It doesn't make you feel good, does it, to be have to, you're forcefully diagnosed with something? And gender dysphoria is not technically, it's not listed as a mental illness. It was a mental illness, but it's not an actual mental illness. But I think forcing people to get diagnosed with it doesn't make it feel good. And then meanwhile, if a woman wants a breast enlargement, or if anybody wants a breast enlargement, she's not having to be diagnosed with a case of extreme womanhood. Or uh, if I stood outside with a big sign saying free penis enlargements, I don't think I'd just be talking to the mentally ill. Um, <laughs> it's political satire for you. Is, uh, is, uh, what else can I tell you about? Oh, yeah, I had to have these uh, assessments on a Zoom call. I had to do it on a Zoom call. They have to see you in the room. Uh, to check that nobody is coercing you into this situation. Uh, and I love that. I love the thought of somebody coercing me into having my breast removed, just, just slightly off screen, a drag queen. <laughs> With my girlfriend in a burlap sack. You see a news report? 101 big-breasted women have been taken from their homes. Somebody's making a boob coat. <laughs> if she doesn't have tits, then nobody will. I love it. I've watched that Disney film. <laughs> They've taken the tits. 
I had to go for a consultation with the surgeon. That's what I had to do in order to do that. It's a bit like old Hollywood, that situation, in that you go into a room with a very, very wealthy white man and you show him your breasts. And then he tells you whether or not you can work together. <laughs> but it's worse in a way, because instead of being like, I wouldn't even put those tits in a movie, he's like, I wouldn't even chop those tits off. So, you hung your head at that one. Yeah, that's a, probably not a guilty feminist joke, is it? But... Here we are. <laughs> I'm paying for this surgery, very lucky to be able to pay for it and very lucky to be in a financial position to do that. It's very fortunate. But there was a point when this man was taking pictures of my breast and I thought, I can't believe I'm paying him for this. <laughs> I surprised myself at the surgery because, uh, I surprised myself because he had to do an examination of my breasts and he put his glasses on to do it. <laughs> for some reason, I got offended. <laughs> I was like, oh, are you, uh, are you long-sighted? And he went, no. <laughs> These glasses are for watching television and seeing small objects very far away. <laughs> and I don't know why I was bothered, because you know, obviously I don't want breasts, that's the reason I'm there, so I definitely don't want big breasts, but I don't want it to be the easiest job he's ever done. Something <laughs> very macho about that, isn't it? What else can I tell you? Nope, nothing written on that page. <laughs> Gosh, I can't believe that. That's the end of those jokes. Well, haven't missed anything. That went quite well, actually, because that's what the new show's about. But obviously, as you can see, still got a pair of tits, so it's all TBC. Um, but yeah, that's um, what a great way to end it. Um, <laughs> is that the kind of professionalism you were after, Deborah? Sarah Keyworth, everybody! Thank you. Wonderful stuff. Some really good jokes there. You're going to do a great show. I'm excited. Is Thank it going you. to be on in Edinburgh this year? Not this year, because uh, the surgery is in September. And you've got to mine all that shit for everything it's worth, haven't you? So I'll do it next year. Okay, good to, good to know. All Sorry, right. I so, should use this microphone. Yeah, I was going to say, cause only because it's a podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. um, should we have that conversation again? Yeah. Are you going to do it Edinburgh this year? No, Sarah? next year. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I'll, I'll still have boobs in Edinburgh this year. So I'm doing a work in progress. So I'll do all that stuff in Edinburgh, but I'm going to be sort of um, fleshing it out, for want of a better word. Um, <laughs> and then I'll flesh it out further once the tits are gone. <laughs> and other when I went for my 21st century conversations. <laughs> when I went for my consultation, the surgeon had to ask me to stop calling them tits. What, what, what were you meant to call them? Breasts? Breasts, I think, yeah. yeah. I don't know why, because I don't often... I don't sort of day-to-day -day life talk about my tits, but for some reason, in that context, I just went really tit-heavy. <laughs> you just start, get your tits yeah, out, get your tits out, yeah. get your tits out for the lads is inappropriate in a doctor's surgery. <laughs> Whereas anywhere else, absolutely fine. And that's the guilty feminist promise. <laughs> Our guests today are one, an actor, writer and comedian who you will have seen as Tamar in the hit Netflix series Shadow and Bone 
and an actor, stand-up comedian and writer who you will have seen on Sky's Code 404, BBC's Horrible Histories and Motherland and Channel 4's Catastrophe. Together they are a formidable and amazingly inventive sketch group. Please welcome to the stage the incredible Anna Leong Brophy and Emily Lloyd Saney, otherwise known as Egg! <laughs> Mike. Thank you. Um, I hit every chair on the way through the middle yeah. there. I've done that. Really oh, thought I was slimmer than I was. Um, Hi. 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 Um, we Hi. are Egg. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's very exciting to be it here. It is exciting to be up here, yeah, with these consummate professionals. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. Um, can I just ask, um, has anyone seen Egg before? We are Egg. We are Egg. Has oh, anyone seen Egg? No, there's no, there's no one. Okay, okay, that's good. Cool. That's cool. Because well, um, we've been around for a little while. 2016 was our first show. Yeah, so what did we do? Would you believe it? <laughs> we were basically embryonic at that point. Very. Actually, there are two of our friends here, so you could, you could <laughs> say, yes, we've seen you, but no. Yeah. Thanks for that. We were just sexy, tiny little sexy babies. Tiny when we little sexy babies, but a lot, of a lot has changed since then. We've come a long way since then, yeah, my love. We don't say uh, sexy babies so much anymore. Not since the court case, we do not. No. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. But um, we're still very relatable. Oh, we are relatable. Just, uh, relatable sketches is what you get from us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you guys, know sketch? You know sketch? Guys, talk to you us. <laughs> are you out there? Don't let Sarah put you off. <laughs> guys, it's okay. Maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe, they, oh, don't maybe they don't know what sketch is. So that's fair enough, because, you know, you've seen a bit of stand-up tonight, but sketch is different. Shall we just in case... Just very quickly, I So think. everyone's on the same page. A little example of... of a little example of what, of what sketch is. Okay, we'll do yeah, it quickly. nodding. Lovely at a comedy. Good, Thank lovely, you. Qu um, quiet, nice, quiet nodding for the podcast. Fine. Oh, so glad we came on, Deborah. You can edit some of that thing. Not now. Some patchy applause, we love yeah. it. If, if Tom, you could use the edited, like, fading out applause and just, like, yeah. fade it just in make us sound hot. Set. Okay, let's do a really quick little example. Of okay. what sketch? Let's yeah, go. yeah, fine. Okay, um, yeah. Doctor, I am so sorry. I'm late. I, I, I think it was a kind of self-sabotage thing. I, I, I was desperate for this appointment. I, I've just been so nervous. I've been going around the car park. Miss Wilson, Miss Wilson, yeah. it's absolutely fine. It's understandable. Of course, it can be very, very stressful in these circumstances. I've just been so worried about my test results. Of course, and that's why I've called you in today. Thank you for seeing me. Yeah. Um, so, the test results weren't exactly what we were hoping for. Oh, God, it's bad news. It's, it's not bad news. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's not exactly... But there's still plenty of options. Okay. So we're going to talk through our treatment options now together. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've actually I've got a copy of your scan here. Oh, oh fantastic. Yes. Okay. Um. Okay. So uh, don't be scared. That's just... Um, it can be a bit impenetrable. No, I'm so sorry. It's just... Um, yeah, I don't quite understand what I'm looking at. I just... What is that? Oh, um, this is... This is a sketch. That's a sketch. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sketch, guys, okay? Oh, that's a sketch. Yeah, now, now they, they are here. Just now they understand. Yes, it's a very quickly drawn picture of a horse. Yes. So now you get it. So, so I guess that should shot. clear some stuff up about who we are, what we do. Should, actually, that doctor stuff probably confused things. We didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. Don't worry about that. 
And actually, Anna, we have come a really long way when you think about it, because we could not have done that sketch in 2016. That's true, because I could only do dogs in 2016. Look at me now. Look at me now, Soho. Newly acquired skill, isn't yes. it? See, it's just very relatable, because Dr. Turner there, I didn't say Dr. Turner, but you were called Dr. Was Dr. Turner. Turner. Burped. Was we had a massive meal for a big Malaysian, the big Malaysian meal. With the friends who claim not to know us. Olivia, <laughs> <laughs> you might have realised that Dr. Turner there was an astrophysicist, so relatable. Very relatable content. Yes. Do a bit more relatable content. Shall we just one more relatable? Yeah. I think so. Okay, cool. Can you stand this side though? Because I cannot perform if you're over That's there. That's true, yeah. <laughs> She's not an Ambi Turner. Like Sorry, guys. Anton Dex, but you know, relatable. Um, okay. <laughs> Should we start? Should yeah, we? you start this one. Yeah, please. okay. Is that a coffee machine? I don't it's a toilet. It's a toilet flushing. That's toilet flushing, guys. For the podcast, it's a toilet flushing. Okay. okay. Yeah, that no, was beautiful, actually. Sorry, should, should we do it? Yeah, I think you should. Let's do it again. Yeah. Hiya, Karen. Hiya, Mel. How are you doing, Mom? Oh, I'm all right. Oh, you look a bit peaky, sweetheart. Oh, it's the time of the month. Is it? Yeah. You'll not guess what. What? Me too. No. Yeah, yeah, me too. Not just me. All the girls on the fourth floor. No. We've seen top of the way. No. They say it's not real, but it obviously it is. is. It's exciting. Oh, it 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 is. Is. No one knows why we do it. It's the moon. They say it's the moon. It's the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, no. Did you want some chocolate? No. Num, 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 num for the chocolate when it's my time. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're so different. Yeah. We're so different and yet the same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, honestly, it couldn't have happened at a worse time. Oh, yeah, you had your big meeting today. Did you see some big How meeting? How did it go? Oh, God. Well, as soon as I get into the conference room, mm. 15 men there, 15 men, Mel. Yeah. Me, the one woman. Oh, that's too many men. Too many, many men. We need some girls in here. I keep telling each other, they don't they listen. Don't listen Listen. Oh, tell me about it, sweetheart. I walked in there, and as soon as Greg opened his mouth... Ugh, Greg. Greg. I know. As soon as he starts rabbiting on, I think, oh, no, a twinge, cramps. Oh, you know. It's not fair. It's not fair, is no. it? And I start spiralling. Yeah. Of course I did. I know I what you're like, thinking. Have a leaked. Have a leaked. Yeah. I'm wearing white trousers. One day you wear white trousers. It happens to us all. I know. I know. And then I start thinking, oh God, what if they smell it? Oh, what what if they smell it? They can't smell it. You think it, don't you? I never smell it. I never smell anyone, but you always think think it. But they can smell it. Anyway, not listening to a word Greg's saying, I think, oh my God, come on, Karen, pull yourself together, focus. You haven't. No. You haven't. No. You always think you have, but you, you haven't. haven't. Of course, you haven't. Oh, but Mel, yeah. I had. <laughs> oh Lord, yeah. I'd shat myself <laughs> oh, every month like clockwork. <laughs> what we like, eh? <laughs> anyway, I've got to go. I'm meeting Debbie for a curry. Oh, okay. All right, bye, love. Okay. Oh my God, relatable. Relatable. <laughs> Oh, I've not written anything on that page. Yeah, I've just got a picture of a horse. That's all my notes. That's done. Good, thank you. Thank hey, everybody! Come, take a seat. Do you want to sit t- next to each other? Is this oh my God, so yes. feel weird for you to be separated? Yes. As soon as we saw that Sarah sat there, I really didn't like it. 
Yeah. Shall we? Do you well, want to can't get anything right like, tonight, can I? In terms of boundaries, maybe we should practice talking yeah, across the table. Yeah, we can do it. No, sure, we can move. No, we can move. No, 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 it's absolutely, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> I just might make no sense. See, I couldn't even say the sentence. I'm no, no, okay. move, Here, move, we'll move. Anna spilled the That's a hard boundary. Don't put water in the mic. So thirsty. Absolutely, mate. No, we're absolutely fine. I can see her. Which is okay, nice. that's good. In some ways, it's well, better because this is a sort of strange setup. So the people around here are not seeing much, to be honest. But those tickets are cheaper, so <laughs> they're very nice. A weird thing when we're on stage sometimes, if we find ourselves on different what sides. What are you talking about? It just happened then, babe. They oh yeah, no, it. I said it out loud. Yeah, yeah. no, that that's generally Emily couldn't I manage. Remember a sketch if she's on the wrong side of me. So I had to cross over. Yeah. But they did. Yes, the audience who were here saw that happen. I just moved They over. found it so funny. Do you remember? They laughed so loud. They probably cut that out of the edit, but... Yeah. Oh, they were laughing their asses. I think they've been doing that all night, actually. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they've been cutting it out all night. <laughs> yeah. can, I, can I ask you... Because you've been in a double act for quite a long time. Mm. Yes. How do you, because your friends and your performing partners, your what people call work wives. We are yes. work wives, yeah. How do you manage boundaries within that friendship? Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> Slash working relationship. Like, it's, it's uh, definitely been a process. It's something that we've developed yeah. over the time that we've worked together. If I, yeah, we really have. And only because we, as you guys so right, we work so well together. Because it, it was so hard at first, because yeah. we also, um, I think it's fair to say we were also quite codependent mm-hmm. when yeah. we first started working together. I think it took, um, we'd done two shows when the pandemic happened. Yeah. And then we were kind of forced to stop egg, and then I very selfishly had a child. Um, yeah, and then selfish. Anna very selfishly, when I was ready to work again, uh, filmed a Netflix show for six months. Kind of as um, retribution. Kind of, yeah, absolutely. Nice. And it kind of took that break to um, realise that the way we were, we were wasn't that healthy. Yeah, yeah. We were getting there. We were, we were getting, getting there. there. But I think now, this time round, we've got better boundaries. You say it's we can sit apart now. Yeah, we did. We're doing really well with doing that. Doing really well. Okay, no, what were you going to say? Sorry. No, I was just, just going to say it was difficult because, yeah, it almost felt like... Uh, well, we were so in each other's pockets and it wasn't healthy, but we were making great things and we were really enjoy, you know, enjoying yeah. it. And then when a pandemic, Emily having a baby and also I had went through a breakup, it was just like a oh, huge, terrible nightmare situation. It's horrible, yeah. It's like... Oh, maybe we've bled into each other's lives a little bit too much. Too much, yeah. Um, and it, so it helped because then when we came back together, we were like, we can survive on our own. We can have boundaries mm-hmm. and have a separation of work and state and still remain friends as well, which is quite difficult, I think. Yeah, because it's also, we don't just do live stuff together, you know, we write together. And, uh, no, that's it. Yeah. Because no, <laughs> I think female friendships <laughs> tend to be so complicated sometimes. And I think a therapist once told me that she talks to... When women come and talk to her and cry, really, like, talk to her about what's going on in their lives and they're really upset, she said it's more often they're upset about a female friendship than they are about a lover. Or is, do, do you, audience, do you relate to this? 
Yeah, that it's sometimes really complex. And I think there are formalities with romantic relationships. You can somehow say in a romantic relationship, you're not giving me what I want. And you can argue with people, you can break up with people. If you split up with someone, everyone understands. Well, yeah. you what they don't invite them to the same party as you. With friendships, you have to invent your own boundaries because yeah. there are no formalized ones by society. And often friendships just go on and on and on in a spirally way. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has that, like, you know, legacy friends who are like, oh, yeah, we, we don't really get on, but how do you break up with a friend? You used to know them at school and so mm-hmm. on. And I think we were lucky because because we were working together and we basically had that form of contract, we ended up having to work out a lot of the awkward female friendship stuff that often goes unsaid because... <laughs> Women like to be nice to each other, especially middle-class women. Like to just be nice and like not say... So we actually came up with this thing called Honesty Time. We did. It made it into the show. Yeah, into our last show. Wait, can I just interrupt you a minute? Yeah. Because I've just got this flash. Wow. Do you remember that? Unbelievable. It's so good what you're saying. So, so good. But does anyone remember that episode of Sex in the City where they're like around the table and she's like, maybe we could be each other's soulmates. And do you remember it? Does anyone remember yeah. it? Where Charlotte says, maybe we could be each other's soulmates and men could be just these nice, fun guys to hang, hang out with. Yeah, and I'm just getting real flashes of that and I thought it would be really important to interrupt you. So. No, no, but it was <laughs> Because we couldn't, break, we couldn't just break up. We were like, this is a nightmare because we, we love working, we love the work we make together, but it's so torturous doing it. And if it, we were in a relationship with a, you know, with a, a romantic relationship, just break up. Yeah, but we were like, we can't because we want to keep making this thing. Also, do you remember when we used to? We did. We argued and we'd say to each other, like, "I'm not your boyfriend." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, and we didn't realize. Talk to me like this. I'm not your boyfriend. Mm. But and then we had um, honesty time. Do you want to talk about it? Honesty time. Yeah, I, I think. Do we need to hear yeah. about honesty time? Yeah, yeah. I feel like there might be models for things that. Do you, we do it? Should we do one? To, we yeah, <laughs> we set it up there, and you know, got to. And then I interrupted you. Yeah, no, that's fine. I that's actually fine. forgot you'd said it. Go. What, what's what's honesty time? You go. You go. Honesty time was a way of, do you know what? So many, my relationships could really, that aren't friendships could really have done with this in the past. But we set up a thing where if, say, we'd done something to, that had hurt each other or just aggravated us and it was volcanoing inside and one of those things that's just not going to um, go away unless you say it, we would say, can I, can we do honesty time? And it would mean that the other person would have to listen without judgment or interruption and let that person say, okay, it was really funny the first two times you said that's such, a, that's such an Emily thing to do, whatever it was, um, but actually it's really hurting my feelings now, so can we stop? And, and you were not able to say, the reason I did that was because of that, and actually you said that first, which really, you can't do that. And it was like, literally for both of us, the first time we were like, oh, non-judgmental listening, that's nice, isn't it? What is? Compassion. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But it was just a really safe... We made safe space in our relationship and everything kind of And the of work just got better, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think. I mean, you Because we, it, you we just know. could be vulnerable and a lot... Yeah, we could be vulnerable. So you're just suggesting open conversations in a feminist friendship. Well, not just that, but actually, like, suggesting a framework for it. We don't just say it. We don't just go... Uh, you really fucking pissed me off when you talked over me at that podcast or whatever. We would go, <laughs> for example, because that's never happened. That's just a random example. Yeah. But you actually. Sorry, can we just do an honesty time, real quick? Okay. <laughs> but then you're actually you, because I think that's the thing that we're so often tricked into thinking is like 
good relationships just happen by magic. And we really discover that that is not true. I'm sure you can all relate to that. But so it's not like going, oh, somehow we'll just get to a point where we'll be able to say things like that and the other person won't be hurt. But we just discussed and said, okay, let's have a thing. Whenever one of us says honesty time, we outlined it. So it's a safe space within the relationship. Could you do could honesty time? You do too many honesty times. Because I feel like there are some people I've been friends with who would pull an honesty time and I would think, well, now I'm not allowed to say anything back. But in fact, they've said X, Y, and Z. Are you talking about me? (laughs) (laughs) I just happened to be looking in your direction. I could see why you felt targeted. You were staring, staring. Um, (laughs) They're doing an honesty time as soon as this is over. (laughs) (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Like, I feel there are people who sometimes... You can say no. You can say no, I don't have the space. Oh, oh, no, I'm too angry. Yeah. No, I don't think it's a good time. Oh. I've texted you, I remember I texted you, we had, um, it just got really tense out of nowhere. It was Edinburgh, so everything's Oh, tense. that's not out of nowhere. Edinburgh. And if you're listening and you're from Edinburgh, when comedians talk about Edinburgh, they're not talking about your wonderful <laughs> city. It's a state of mind. No, they Edinburgh. talk about it, they're talking about the Three and a Half Week Arts Festival that they refer to as if it's Brigadoon. We stand in Edinburgh going, when Edinburgh's over, I'm going to go on a holiday. And I see locals going, when Edinburgh's over? It's a city you visit. You mean when you leave it? It's so insulting. Anyway, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is like being on the first day of your period for four weeks. It is. It's Freshers' Week as well. Yeah, if you're in Edinburgh and it's not tense, something's wrong, honestly. so We're only going up for two weeks this year. Just going to see if that helps a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mm. a two-week PMT. Yeah. Uh, so what? You were in Edinburgh. It was getting tense, and you didn't know why. And, and you I did an honesty time. You text. Me. I'm remember. on the edge of my seat because I don't know what she's doing. No, 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 no. I think one of us. I honestly can't remember. Said, um, "Can I just do an honesty time?" And I think I replied to you saying, "I am so irrationally." Really angry, and I can't calm down. You weren't in the right place. I am going to do this with you, but can it not be now? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of that felt anyway. a little bit like an honesty time in itself. Yeah, and Hard everything's hit. fine since then. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out I didn't need to mention anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I but you can say no. I haven't got the space right now. But also, those fuck yourself. It, uh, <laughs> Deborah, I don't want to, you know, take Amazon Lady's job and psychoanalyze you, but. Um, <laughs> Maybe some of those friends need to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, to be honest, you I'm need talking... to save the healthy relationships. You I think I'm I mean? talking about historical friendships. Yeah. Not, the, the friendships I'm in now tend to be very healthy, but... My historical friendship, people haven't done the work, so, like, it, it would not get there. Would yours... So why we haven't seen each other in a while. Yes, babe. That's exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I am interested in it, because I think... I just think... With, in work situations, there's usually opportunities for feedback. In marriages and relationships, there's an understanding. There will be arguments. There will be reconciliations. There can be endings, which people understand. People, if someone said, I broke up with my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my uh, significant other, you wouldn't go, what? Whereas if you have a passing of way in a friendship, it's like they've fallen out. And there's something over that that there isn't. It's not just that they broke up. They broke I think up. You they... Should, I think we should normalise mm. ends of friendship. And let And let people and respond to people like they're grieving a romantic relationship. So if somebody says, 
I've broken up with my friend, you say, what can I do? How can I support yeah, you? Yeah, come round with ice cream. More heartbreaking than losing a romantic partner. It is, because who do you call? And you don't get into a friendship like thinking it's ever going to end. That's the thing you with it. That's you get into a romantic it. relationship and you think, hopefully, this will be a long thing, but it might not be. It might, we might break up for a multitude of reasons. But you probably haven't been friends with because everybody years. lies. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> or something like that. And, um, but with a friend, you don't, you're not envisioning the end of a friend. You're not going, oh, we'll do this for a couple of years, but I don't really like commitment. I thought that with you, actually. Did wow. you? I thought that with you. Because wow. we, <laughs> we met through improv and we started doing sketch and we didn't really know each other. Yeah, that's true. It's been now. It's, yeah. it's, it's really interesting to me because I think we are, I, th- I think passive aggression is almost entirely the preserve of friendships. Yeah, I was going to say from what yeah. you were saying, how often you get that thing where you're like, the friendship breaks up not because you've been like, well, we've really been talking about the way that she shot us down when things happen like this and I get really, you just go, oh yeah, she was doing this and that. No, I can't say anything so we just, I just haven't gone to a wedding. And you're like, you could talk, try, try talk to them, maybe. But we don't, yeah, we don't normalise that. Have you, ever bro- have, has, have you ever broken up with a friend? Have you? I've never had a big dramatic friend breakup. I've had no way I have, no way I have, no way No, not like a, not a big sort of row, but I've had, I've like lost touch with people. Some people I've thought we'd lost touch, but then pop back up again. Someone, that's the worst one, you think, I've shook them off suddenly. They're back. <laughs> um, do you know who I'm thinking? Not to names, n- name names, Please but don't. somebody because boundaries. To mm. bring oh my to god, who you mean? And <laughs> Anna did the most amazing thing. No, but is it the one? Is it yeah, the one? It is, no, 100%, yeah, it is. No, 100%. Oh my god, so good. Maybe I'll try and explain to these people who don't. Sorry, know sorry, 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 sorry. So good. <laughs> but because I change your number, I've also no one. Yeah, yeah. Fake my sorry. No, because boundaries, I didn't have them like you, Deborah, and, and now I do. And I just realised that this person kept trying to come back into my life. And I was like, all the normal passive-aggressive um, sidestep things had just had not been picked up on. And so then there was a message that was, you know, it would be great, great bumping into you, it would be great to catch up again. And I was like, I literally... Ne- oh, Sarah's about to pour a glass of water. Well done. That was really good. I thought it was going to go over like mine did, but it didn't. Um, anyway, carrying on. Um, <laughs> have I lost you? No. Go but on. Still, it was Tenterhooks, woman. You're I'm like queen. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I have ADHD. It's very distracting. Um, yeah, so I was like, look, it was really nice to bump into you, but I wouldn't like to meet up for coffee um, because I don't really think we've ever been close. And... I, but it was nice to bump into you, and if we bump into each other again, let's catch up then. Good luck. Hope you know you find what you're looking for. And you're laughing, but that was the truth. And they got back to me, and they were like, "Are you saying we're never going to meet up again?" I was like, "We have never met. We have never met up, ever. Um, it was ten years. We've been not meeting up, and there is a reason for that." And I was like, "Can we just do one more show?" <laughs> so here we are. 
think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to say, though. I think you, you, because I you only have a limit, but you've got them. a limited amount of capacity, and sometimes you have so much guilt for what you can't give the friends that you've got and your friends that you love and you care about, and then you think, that, oh, the amount of times I've been for a fucking coffee with someone, and I've thought, I don't know why I'm in here. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. I would say, How's I would, the I would, baby? I would, hey, oh, what are you talking about me? I, I would this is actually an intervention. We're all here. Emily. It's not Emily, you're getting paranoid. It's not you. It's not you. It's not you. That one was Emily, yeah. yeah it was me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I would not have... I would never be able to say that, that what you've said. I think I would say I'm so busy at the moment. I've done um, that for ten years, to be fair. Okay. So then I was like, we're not getting... The point isn't getting across, and I feel like I'm lying to this person, mm. and I don't have enough time to see the people that I really do love and need to spend time with can I just try and be clear with them and I hear I'm alive it was How polite she sent oh. me this screenshot and I've never loved you more than when I saw that screenshot will you tweet it after this woman is my queen how did you take no no I'm fascinated by it because I do think I wish there were more routes to clarity routes to kind clarity in our society and I think we should probably create them we should probably create routes to kind clarity in which you can say there's not the connection there for me. Because if you bet someone on Hinge or something, yeah. and then they said, oh, we went for a drink, and then they said, oh, they, should we go for another drink? I think you absolutely, there's a route to kind clarity there, which is to say, I didn't feel the connection I need to feel to have another drink, but I really enjoyed meeting you, and I wish you well, and I hope you find someone great on Hinge. What? And then that person can go, great, you're not stringing me along. And they might get a little twinge of, oh, that's a shame, I wanted to see them again. But I think they would appreciate that rather than just being ghosted. But if you say that to a friend or like an acquaintance, it sounds wrong. And why is it wrong? It's not well, wrong. Well, I, I think you have to do it knowing, and that's the difficult thing about boundaries, isn't it? By going, they might not like it. I'm going to be, like you say, kind and honest. That other person might not like it and they might judge me for it. But as long as I know that my... Actually, I discovered this when I had uh, an ayahuasca experience, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really clear message tonight. Yeah, go, go, go to ayahuasca. And I think it's drugs. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. It's a very powerful Safety. medicine. Don't do it. Medicine. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, we've got to get off medicine. Okay, no, don't it's... do it unless you've had the call. Like, really, don't do it. Don't do it unless you're... No, don't, don't, don't. It's very powerful medicine. Yes. Don't do it until you get, all unless I, you've got the call. All I was going to say was that the, the, uh, the, the epiphany that I had was uh, as long as you are doing it with uh, virtue, you know, knowing that it comes from a good place in yourself and it's not vindictive, they might not like it. They might not be happy with it as long as you're still cool with yourself and you're on your path. But we live so. in this creepy day and age now where you can't lose touch with anybody either. Yeah. Like, mm. so back, you know, yeah. back in the There's day, no we natural didn't have social distance. media. You go, I don't want to see them anymore. What do we do? Oh, emigrate. Like, you can get away. <laughs> Whereas now, you can't. You emigrate. They go, oh, well, we'll FaceTime. And you go, fuck off. <laughs> they will follow you everywhere. Yeah. So sometimes okay. you have to just say, no, thank you. So this, this episode on boundaries, I've been told to wind up. I think with this episode of boundaries, it's been really useful for me. I think something, so, there is something very feminist about being able to say, I don't want to, I can't now, I need to be honest with you. And I think women have been socially, women and people of minority genders have been socially coded and encouraged to keep giving and keep giving and keep giving and keep giving, and keep giving or at very worst to make a lying excuse if they don't want to keep giving. 
and to try and keep avoiding it and feel guilty. And so I think the lesson I've taken from this is kind clarity and try I'm busy first because they might get the message. Like, wouldn't be my first port of call to go, oh, shall we meet up sometime? No, I didn't like you. Like, that wouldn't be my first port of call. But if kind clarity isn't working, if they keep on, keep on, keep on, it's okay to say, look, I didn't feel the connection that you feel or, you know, it's not going to be good for me this century. Um, and <laughs> don't like oh, don't, don't use those directly not just your friends you can do it with your dad as well if you want <laughs> I know some people who have yeah um, Egg we loved your sketch and I, I really love your sketch that girl everyone should go on YouTube and watch that girl uh, the Egg sketch uh, where can we see you live oh well we're doing previews for our Edinburgh show which are all on our website and we put them on our socials eggcomedy.com uh, yep yeah. and we're doing oh I don't know if we're allowed to say that We'll do two that are going when to be When does this come soon. out? When does, when does when this come out? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. We, we'll well, right. ask Tom. We're doing some more. Follow we'll us on socials back. for some new exciting news uh, to come. Yeah. Egg comedy. Egg comedy. And we'll be in Edinburgh for the final two weeks yep. of the Edinburgh Fringe. And then we'll... Our show is called Absolutely Fine. And it's absolutely fine. Please come and see it when it comes to the summer theatre. <laughs> Great. Sarah Keyworth, anything to plug? I have written the second series of my radio show. Uh, it's called Are You a Boy or a Girl? I'm doing a live recording of it in June on the 20th. If you go on my social media, the most, one of the most recent posts I did um, has the information about how you can apply for tickets to be at that live record um, if, if you liked me. Um, if you didn't, then please don't. Um, uh, but yeah, like it's, um, that's a boundary. See, that was well done, wasn't yeah, it? Then yeah. Please don't. I didn't if you feel didn't, the connection. If you didn't feel the connection required. <laughs> um, and but also, there's a first series of that on BBC Sounds. Um, so if you want to listen to that, it's about uh, yeah gender, obviously. Um, and uh, and I'm doing a work in progress show for the last ten days of the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, so 17th to 27th so if you are there it's, it's a lot of tip stuff um, so thank you oh, just be Great. professional I'm <laughs> we're back here tomorrow night we've got Chloe Pets and Laura Lex tomorrow night uh, it is sold out I think but they put some tickets back on sale so I think there were a couple of tickets over there and tomorrow they usually put a, t- a few tickets back on sale so if you'd like to come it'll be a totally different show tomorrow night we'd love to have you we've also got clo- shows coming up at King's Place on what dates Tom? He's not there. Um, where's the patriarchy when you need them? Uh, we've got some dates at King's Place coming up. There are tickets available. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and then click on live shows. And we also... Uh, I'm, I've, I've written a play. Um, it's going to be on at the Chichester Festival Theatre, um, which is a fancy. And, um, and it's, it's a bit of a... You know, you've got to get on a train it's, it's, if it's running. Uh, to get out there's of London. There's a beach near there. There's a beach near there. It's about, it's about an hour from there. You can get there and back in a night. It's fine. Uh, it's called Never Have I Ever, and it is starring Susan McComa, so much long time uh, Guilty Feminist co host, Alexandra Roach, Greg Wise, and oh, I don't know if I can announce the fourth person yet. I'm not sure if I can. Oh, God, but it's me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm afraid I didn't feel the connection with either of you to put me in one day. Lovely work. Absolutely lovely work. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's probably other things happening. Go on The Guilty Feminist and uh, uh, follow us on our socials. If you could f- um, follow us, when you listen to the podcast, if you could follow it or subscribe to it, that would really help us out. Apparently, it's something to do with algorithms. Um, you'll know. Um, all right. <laughs>
You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Emma Foster's Andrew has to wake up every morning, look in the mirror and think, well, that's as good as I'm going to look all day. <laughs> Olivia Which has options. Which is fucking fit, Andrew, by the way. Yeah. No, no, he is, he is fit and he's... Stunning. Got, he's, he's fit and he's got... And that brain. Yeah. <laughs> brain the size of a planet. I would. <laughs> Losing the lesbians now. You're surprising yeah, the lesbians. Like, I think Here's a quick taste on what's coming up on this week's Media Storm. So medical cannabis did completely change my life. I don't think I would be able to function or work in the way that I do if I didn't smoke weed. Marijuana is probably the most dangerous drug in the United States. I was surprised to learn that the UK is the highest opioid prescribing country anywhere in the world. They've been going down back alleys trying to get their cannabis, risking their life, trying to save their life. There are some deep and dark issues that the illicit supply of cannabis does cause. Welcome to MediaStorm, the news podcast that starts with the people who are normally asked last. This week's investigation, cannabis and the criminalization of chronic pain. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.